little chatterbox, the one with pretty auburn locks. Whom do you see? It's little orphan Annie. She and Sandy make a pair. They never seem to have a care. You little she, this little orphan Annie. Bright eyes, cheeks of rosy glow, there's a store of healthiness handy. Might size, always on the go, if you want to know. I'm Sandy, always wears a sunny smile. Now wouldn't it be worth a while if you could be like little orphan Annie? It's 5.45 now, and time to hear Orphan Annie's newest adventure on the Mississippi River. And here's something I've talked about with Orphan Annie's old friends before. But if you're a new radio friend of hers, it's something you ought to know about, too. Have you ever noticed how most of the foods that everybody says are good for you usually don't taste so very good? And yet if you don't eat them, your mother scolds you? But that's where you're going to get a real surprise when you drink Ovaltine. Yes, sir. It's one of the few foods I know of that's good for you and tastes simply great, too. Believe me, nobody will ever have to scold you to make you drink anything as good as Ovaltine. Why, it's even better than having a chocolate soda right in your own home when you want it. But don't forget, that's only half of the story about Ovaltine. Besides tasting good, it's mighty good for you, too. Every cupful you drink gives you important nourishment, lots of minerals and vitamins and things to help make you healthy and husky and strong, and keep you going with good old Orphan Annie Pep. So, if you haven't tried Ovaltine, ask your mother to get you a can at her drug or grocery store right away. And then you'll be getting something that's not only good for you, but tastes good, too. And that's a mighty hard combination to beat, isn't it? Just you try it and see. And now, let's see what's happening to Annie. Last time, remember, the new bridge with its rotten cement collapsed in the river flood, just as Flint, Wright, and Red Hogan, its builders, were trying to cross it. They were carried away in the flood and haven't been seen since. But here it is the next day now. The warm May sun is shining on the Silo farm, and Mr. Silo, Annie, and Joe are sitting on the back porch. Here's Joe talking. Chugs, that sun sure feels good, doesn't it? You bet it does, Joe. Yep, seems mighty good to have the old rocking chair out on the porch again, be able to sit in it for a while without half freezing to death. <laughs> Guess that there old Rhode Island red likes the sun as much as we do. Chugs, I don't blame him. After all that rain we had for so many days, this blue sky is enough to make anybody grow. Look at him. He's got his old head pointed right up toward the sun. <laughs> <laughs> feel almost good enough to throw myself. I hate any kind of unfinished business, whether it's a field half plowed or a crop of hay half cut. And now that all this mix-up of the bank robbery and the bridge is finished, I feel a whole lot better. Do you suppose it is finished, Mr. Silo? The way that bridge went down, Annie, collapsing like that house that was built on the sands in the Bible, well, it looks pretty finished to me. I know. But do you think that Mr. Flint and Well, he saw fall of the bridge. They were right in the middle of it when that rotten cement crumbled away. And the river was mighty deep and swift with all that flood. Looks to me like they just got natural justice. Besides the robberies, we know now that all three of them were cheating on that cement. And in the end, it was their own cheating that finished them. They might have swum ashore, though, Mr. Silo, in the dark. Yeah, they might, Joe. It landed farther down on the bank. 
it was so dark, we wouldn't have been able to see him. Oh, well, you'd have to be mighty good swimmers to do it in that current. And even if they did, you see, they can't get away. Not really away ever. They broke the law. You can't break laws and get away with it. Nobody ever did and nobody ever will. If the police don't get you, your own conscience will. And I have heard say there's no bigger punisher than a man's own conscience. And if a man ain't got much conscience, as few nowadays don't seem to have, well, then there's a higher law than those men made. And sometime or other, this higher law, which is God's law, has to be answered to. So you see, there's just no escape ever for those that do wrong. <laughs> Here I am, gabbing away like an old parrot. <laughs> just the same, well, what I told you is true. Gosh, I'm glad I haven't done anything wrong. And don't, no, ever. Then you'll never come to grief. And you know what's right or wrong in your own heart, your own soul. A little voice inside us all that sometimes says, Careful, take a minute. What you're doing exactly right. And when you hear that voice, just you stop and think. I see what you mean, Mr. Silo. Sure you do, Annie. You're a good girl. You always will be because you've got kindness in your heart. That's the thing. Anybody who has real feeling of kindness and a thought for people around him just ain't going to do any wrong. Shucks, I was just thinking of Luke Poole. He's the one who's going to lose on this bridge because he bought up all the stock. Yeah, Joe, I've been feeling a little sorry for Luke. Even lizards, I guess he'll just about lose everything now because he said he'd put every penny he had in that bridge. Yeah, but there's lots worse things than being without money, Annie. And one of them, maybe, is having too much money. What do you mean, Mr. Silo? Well, take Luke Cooper. He's been what most folks call a successful man. He made a lot of money from his store. Maybe a mite too much money. I was talking to a fellow who knew Luke when he was young. Said Luke used to be just like all of us then. Pleasant the fellas you'd want to meet. But the money he made went to his head. He got greedy. He wanted more money. Maybe now you'll get back your self-respect and be rich in other things besides money. Yeah, I reckon this thing, hard as it may seem to fool at the time, will really do him a lot of good in the long run. And that's the way you have to look at this life, the long run of it. Because it's a long life, and a good one if you make it good. <laughs> and here I am, philosophizing again. <laughs> I swore... Maybe I, I better get me a job as a preacher instead of working a farm. <laughs> Here comes Mrs. Silo. Well, I've been out in the garden, the looks of things. Look at those pretty flowers she has. Yes, look at them, Annie. Aren't they beautiful? I never saw such a spring for flowers, Paul. Might be handsome. Look, Annie. Daffodils and tulips and hyacinths. They're swell, Mrs. Silo. I always like flowers in the house. They make it holy somehow. Put color in it and light. I guess all us women like flowers. Ma, if I were a millionaire, uh, which I ain't. <laughs> Are you telling me, Paul? <laughs> well, if I were, which I still ain't, I'd send you a big bouquet of flowers all winter long. Oh, Paul, go on with you. Spring weather's going to your head. Not at all, Ma, not at all. Paul, you're just getting too nice for words today. Well, maybe you're right. Must be the summer coming on, Ma, and the sunshine. And them birds are nesting up there in the corner of the barn. Mercy me. There are birds up there. They're ravens, Mrs. Silo. Good. 
There's no bird to me quite as pretty as a robin. I love to see the young ones with their speckled vests around hunting for worms and, and remind me, Byron, to shut up the cat when those young ones hatch out. Don't believe I'll have to remind you of it, Ma. Reckon you remember it yourself when a time comes when it seeds. Last time, last spring, when you had nest here, all you did with yourself was to watch them young birds. If I hadn't known better, I'd have thought you were the mother instead of the robin. Well, birds are birds and cats are cats. But I just can't bear to see anything hurt needlessly. Those little robin eggs are so pretty and blue. Remember, Pa, that dress I had way back in, well, well, I just can't remember the date. But it was a robin's egg blue and it had little ruffles and pleats in the skirt and... Remember it, Ma? I've always carried a picture around in my mind of how pretty you were in that dress. <laughs> there you go again. Land sakes, Byron. Looks to me as if you were having an attack of spring fever. Oh, well, Paul, I don't know what to expect with all your flattery. <laughs> Say, there's a car turning in the driveway. There is. It's Walter Bloom. <laughs> you can't miss that there old ark of his. Oh, oh. Uh, come on up here on the porch, Walter, and join us. I'm coming, Mr. Sallow. Hey, you look like a real summer's day, Miss Sallow. We're holding all them flowers. Like them, Walter? They're right pretty. All is light flowers. Gonna raise some myself this year, I am. Some of those uh, uh, nasturtiums, or whatever you call them. <laughs> nasturtiums, Walter. Yeah, that's it. Plant them along the back fence, I did, so they'll grow up along the wire. Good for you, Walter. A good sign when folks like flowers. Well, shut yourself down. Don't know if I've got time to set myself down, Mr. Silo. I come out to tell, tell you... Tell us some news about Mr. Flint. Well, ain't no news about him, I guess. I, I was just talking to the marshal. He's been searching along the river, but he ain't found no trace of him. Jumping grasshoppers? Then maybe he got away. I don't reckon he did, Annie. Leastwise, not from the looks of that bridge. The whole town's been down there today to see the ruins. It sure did fall... Just like that town in the Bible, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Babylon. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Babylon fell before the Persians, just like Mr. Flint's bridge fell before this year flood. Oh, but say, I have got some news for you. Why, what, Walter? Well, there's going to be another bridge built right on that same spot. Yes, sir. There's a new company taking it over, a good company this time, and they're going to build another bridge so we'll still have a good cutoff in saving distance to Sunfield. That's fine. New bridge, I knew one would go there if the right men got out behind it. Well, I guess they're the right men this time, because from all I hear, it ain't going to be no stock-selling business. They're building this year new bridge with their own money. Look, glad you brought me this news, Walter. Make me feel better about the whole thing. When progress comes, I like to see it go ahead and get places, not just stop where somebody left us all. Oh, say, that reminds me. I didn't come just to give you this news, Mr. Silo. Huh? No, sir. And if I hadn't thought of it, I might have just gone clean off without even leaving it. Leaving what, Walter? The telegram. Telegram? Sure. Telegram for who? For Mr. Silo. My goodness, and here I was forgetting it all the time. The operator at the station asked me special, as long as I was going this way, if I wouldn't deliver it. And I said, sure. Walter, well, if you've got a telegram for me, give it to me. Of course, Oh, here it is, Mr. Solo. Sorry I was forgetting it. Little Ann, sakes, it's been so long since I had a telegram on these here yellow envelopes. I was scared to open it. For mercy's sakes, Pa, don't sit there holding it in your hands. 
You're keeping us all in suspense. Get it open. All right, boy, all right. There. Uh, here, Annie. You need it. I ain't got my glasses in it. All right. Leaping lizard, what? Annie. Yeah. What does it say? It says, if you ever love me, Byron, come to me at Fair Haven on the Mississippi River at once. And in deep trouble. Go on, Annie. Go on. That's all, Mr. Silo. That's all it says. Oh, for land's sake, it must be signed. Who signed it, Annie? It's signed Jed. Jed Silo. Jed, my brother. My brother, whom I haven't seen in 20 years. Well, Mr. Silo's brother, whom he hasn't seen in 20 years. Is this mysterious telegram going to make a difference in the lives of all our friends? Everything was so peaceful there on the farm today. But now with this telegram coming, I have a feeling that things are going to happen, and happen fast. And you can certainly see there are exciting days ahead for Annie, and you can bet she'll have a grand time through it all. Yes, sir, when there's anything exciting to be done, there's just nothing that can stop our Annie. I guess that's why so many boys and girls want to know how they can be like her, husky and healthy and ready for whatever happens. Well, I'll tell you. One of the best ways to start is to drink Ovaltine every single day with meals and in between meals, too. All those important minerals and vitamins and things contained in every cupful of Ovaltine may help to give you real orphan Annie pep. Then you feel so good and have so much extra energy, you can do most everything you have to do, just as Annie can. And so you'd better ask your mother to get you a can of Ovaltine at the drug or grocery store right away so you can start right in with a big delicious cupful for dinner this very night. And be sure and be here tomorrow, right on time, to see if that strange telegram is going to lead Annie and Joe into a great new adventure. Till tomorrow at Orphan Annie time, then. Goodbye. Five forty-five now, the time when you hear all about Orphan Annie and all about Ovaltine, too. But first, was this one of those days when you came home hungry from school? But then, just as you were making a beeline for the pantry, your mother came along and said, No, you can't have a single thing to eat until supper time. I don't want you to spoil your supper. Well, almost every old friend of Annie's knows what to do when that happens. When they come home from school, they just ask their mothers for some Ovaltine. A big, delicious cupful. Because it tastes good, and it goes just right after school. Besides, their mothers let them have Ovaltine every day after school. And they don't worry about it spoiling their suppers, either. Because Ovaltine is so easy to digest, you're almost bound to get hungry again real soon. What's more, with every cupful of Ovaltine, you not only get important minerals and vitamins to help make you husky, but you also get the special vitamin you may need to develop a bigger and better appetite for all your meals. So you just tell your mother about that, 
and ask her to get you a can of Ovaltine at her grocery or drugstore right away. And then, after school tomorrow, you can go right home and beat yourself to a big, delicious cupful. You'll be surprised at how good it tastes and how good it is for you. And now, all you club members of Annie's Secret Society, attention please. Right after tonight's adventure's over, we're going to broadcast an important secret message in Annie's Mystery Radio Code. So get your pencils ready and be sure to keep listening. And now, for our adventure. Last time, remember, Mr. Silo received a telegram from his long-lost brother, Jed. It said that Jed was in deep trouble and begged Mr. Silo to come to him at once. Here it is, just a short time later. Nanny, Joe, Mr. and Mrs. Silo, and Walter Broom, who brought the telegram, are in the house. But listen to what Mrs. Silo's saying. My sakes alive, Paul. Just think, a message from your brother Jed. I am thinking about it, Ma. Thinking of plenty. I declare to goodness, it's been 20 years since we've heard from him. All of that, Ma, all of that. I used to like Jed. I remember he was best man at our wedding. Stood almost as tall and straight as you did, and he... Nay, never mind about that just now, Ma, please. This thing uh, uh, sort of got me upset. Land sakes, I guess I'm upset too, Paul. I'll get you a drink of water, Mrs. Silo. Here, sit, sit down, Ma, sit down. Thanks, Paul. I declare, this has sort of knocked me all of a heap. Well, now, take it easy, Ma. Take it easy. Everything's all right. Great snakes. The very fact that we got that telegram shows that Jed's alive. He ain't dead. We ought to be happy about it. Instead of worrying, bothering ourselves, we are. I'm all right, Paul. I guess we've seen you get kind of upset that got me that way. Here's a cup of water, Mr. Silo. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Now then, let's get down to business. Uh, guess what did that telegram say again, Annie? It says, if you ever love me, Byron, come to me at Fairhaven on the Mississippi River at once. I'm in deep trouble. Jed Silo. Deep trouble. Land sakes. What kind of trouble can poor Jed be in? Dunno, but I'm glad of one thing, that when he was in trouble, he come to me, his brother. I don't care if it's 20 years or 40 years, I ain't heard from him. Blood's thick and water, and blood's going to tell. What do you mean, Paul? Mean? I mean I'm going to him, just like he asks. Land sakes, Ma, when a brother or a friend calls to you, well, you just got to answer. Of course you have, Paul, of course. Here, take this cup, Annie. I didn't need that water anyhow. There. And I don't need that chair. Reckon I can stand on my own feet as well as anybody. Good for you, Ma. Now then, let's get down to cases. You're going to Jed. But where are you going to him? Why, wherever he is. To a place named... named uh, Fairhaven, Mr. Silo. Uh, sure, Fairhaven on the Mississippi River. But the Mississippi's a big river. Just where is this town of Fairhaven? Why, I... I don't know. Shucks, I got my school geography book here. I can find this place on the map. Uh, good for you, Joe. Get that there book of yours open. Wait till I get the strap off it. Well, while you're looking, I got some preparations to make. Hey, snakes, it's been so long since I've been on a trip, I hardly know where to store. Uh, Walter, uh, do you want to be helped? Sure I do, Mr. Silo. You know, I'd do anything to help you. My goodness. Uh, thanks, Walter. Well... Up in the barn, in the loft, behind the hay, there's an old trunk. You don't want that trunk, Byron. My sakes alive, you ain't going away for the rest of your life. All you want is a suitcase. I guess you're right, Ma. Of course I'm right. My goodness, what you men would do without us women is more than I know. Now, just you forget all about packing, Pa. I'll do it for you. 
I'll attend to that, and I'll see that everything you need goes into that suitcase. And I won't be forgetting your toothbrush or your nightshirt, like you might. Won't be no time at all at it. You just stay calm. All right, Ma. All right. And I'll get it done right now. Here it is, Joel. Here it is. It's right, Annie. You got your finger right on it. Fairhaven. And it is on the Mississippi. Sure it is. Uh, have you found it, Annie? You bet, Mr. Silo. Now, ain't them geography books wonderful? Where is it, Annie? Right here. Right where my finger's pointing. Fairhaven. Yeah, that is it, all right. Sure it is. See, this curving black line is the Mississippi. But just where is it? It's in the state of Mississippi on the Mississippi River, Mr. Silo. Let's see. It's the state of Mississippi. Is it far? Well, it's pretty far from here. It's a lot of miles. Well, I don't care how far it is. I'm going. I, I've got to get to Jed if he needs me. I can crank Thomas to the old station to tell me how to get there on the train. Sure he can. That's his business. I'll call him on telephone in a few minutes and find out about it. Uh, let's go in the house and see what Ma's doing. Let's see. I ain't been separated from Ma in I don't know how many years. It kind of breaks my heart just thinking about it. But duty is duty, and I guess I gotta go. Oh, well, Ma, how are you coming? Fine, Pa, fine. Say, what's that on your cheek, Ma? On my cheek? Oh, looks a mite wet to me. Wet? Nonsense. Ain't wet at all. Don't be brushing it off, Ma. Oh, it was a tear. A tear? Oh, you must be out of your head, Byron. I ain't had any tears on my face since I was a young girl. Just the same that was a tear. Sorry I'm going away. Oh, oh, Paul. There, there. We've never been separated, Byron, since the time we were married. Years and years, and, and now... I've got to go, Ma. Of course you have. I'm all right. Don't pay any attention to me. Toothbrush. Hairbrush. Though goodness knows you ain't got so much hair to brush anymore. Two nightshirts, socks, or a pair. Your razor and soap and brush. Three neckties. Uh, more. What in the world? Well, this woolen underwear. I don't need them. Now, don't you be telling me what you need. I haven't lived with you all these years without knowing your needs better than you do. But, more honest. I'm going south. The winter's over. I'm not going to need any woolen down where I'm going. Pa, you'll take what you get, and you'll find these woolen underwear will be good for you. I'll get out from my feet. All of you, how am I going to pack this suitcase with you all standing around? All right, Ma, all right. We're going. Come on, folks. Reckon Mrs. Silo does know what Mr. Silo needs better than he does. <laughs> Anyhow, he always has. Uh, let's get back to kitchen. Great snakes. That reminds me of something. Mr. Silo? The farm. Man, sakes alive. What's going to happen to the farm while I'm away? Just the planting time, too. Well, well, I'll do whatever I can, Mr. Silo. Thanks, Walter. Thanks. And so will we, Mr. Silo, Joe and me. You bet. Uh, Now, that's awful nice of you, but but a farm, well, uh, a farm's like a business, and it has to be run by someone who knows the farm business. It ain't just a matter of feeding the chickens and the stock and milking the cows. There's a lot more to it than that. Well, well I guess I got to call on Aaron again. You mean Mr. Wigglesworth, Mr. Silo? That's it, Annie. It's good to have a neighbor you can count on. Wigglesworth is one of the best farmers around these parts, and I know he'll do that for me, because he's done it before, and he knows I'd do the same for him. Uh, Annie, uh, will you get him on the phone for me? Of course I will, Mr. Silo. You can count on me too, Mr. Silo. I'll do everything I can to help you. Why, that's just fine, he'll Thanks. 
string, too. Yeah, that's right. Chuck, you know, Mr. Silo, I'll help, too. I know you will, Joe. You're a good boy. You always have been. Chuck, if you can't help a friend out when he needs it. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Wigglesworth? This is Annie Warbucks. I'm calling for Mr. Silo. Is Mr. Wigglesworth there? Oh, he just came in from the barn? That's fine. Would you put him on the wire, please? Yeah. Mr. Silo wants to talk to him. Thanks. Here he is, Mr. Silo. Oh, thanks, Annie. Hello, Aaron. Yeah, this is Byron. Yeah, Byron Silo. Listen, Aaron, I haven't got much time to talk, but this is mighty important to me. I just got a telegram. Yeah, a telegram. It was from my brother Jed, whom I haven't seen in 20 years, and he's in trouble and wants me to come to him. No, I don't know what kind of trouble, but whatever it is, I'm going. Got to start right away and listen, Aaron. I don't know how long I'll have to be gone, but I wonder if you wouldn't sort of look after the farm while I'm away. Aaron, you're a real friend. Knew you'd feel like that. Huh? Well, of course I'd do the same for you. Yeah, you talking like that, I can leave with a clear mind. You bet. Thanks, Aaron. And if ever I can do anything for you, then say, Aaron. I know we're friends, but just the same, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. No, I won't worry. Goodbye and thanks. Sage, Aaron was mighty fine about it. He's going to look after the whole farm. No matter how long I have to be away, I guess there's nothing in this whole world as good as a real friend. Oh. Why, Ma, I didn't hear you come in. Got the suitcase all packed? No, I ain't. And I'm not going to pack it, Pa. Leastwise, not the way I have been packing it. Why, whatever are you talking about, Ma? Talking about? I'm talking about you and me. I've made up my mind to this, Byron. I'm not going to stay here to home and let you go away by yourself. We've never been separated. And we've been married and a part of each other too many years to be starting now. So if you're going off somewhere to the Mississippi River, I'm going with you. Now don't argue, because that suitcase I was packing is now packed for two. You and me, Pa. You and me. Well... You can always count on good old Mrs. Silo to take care of Pa, can't you? Yes, sir. She and Mr. Silo have been together too many years to begin being apart now. But say, what's going to happen to Annie if both Mr. and Mrs. Silo go away? You certainly want to keep listening every day and see. And before we hear the secret message tonight, I just want to ask, are you drinking your Ovaltine every day? Remember, that's the way you can help keep Annie's adventures going on the radio. And that's the way to help yourself, too. Because all those important minerals and vitamins and things that you get in every cupful of Ovaltine are put there to help build up extra strength and energy for you. So ask your mother to be sure and have a big delicious cupful right beside your plate at supper tonight. But now, attention please for an important secret message in Annie's Mystery Radio Code. And all you 1936 members who have your super decoder pins, get your pencils ready to take it down and figure it out. First, here's the special code key. It's L... 17. Have you got that down? L17 is the special code key for tonight's secret message. So remember that. And now here's the message itself. First word. Four. 18. 18. 23. 19. 
Second word, four, 18, 14. Third word, 21, one, 19. Fourth word, five, one, 23, 18, five. And now the fifth and last word, four, 17, 12, one. That's all, and that was another important secret message in Annie's Mystery Radio Code. And all you 1936 members who have your super decoder pins can figure it out right away. Just set your pin at L17, the way I told you before I read the message. And then your super decoder pin figures the whole thing out for you automatically. And remember, be here right on the dotted orphan any time tomorrow, because I have a hunch there's going to be fireworks of some kind. Because Annie's not the sort of a girl who's going to be left behind if she can help it. We'll hear more about that tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>